The Morning Struggle podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.blueclovertherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan so you can implement them into your life and build a better you. Stay tuned. In three, two, one, go. Oh, good. It's back. I was so worried. Yeah, it's back. That little tradition that happened like three episodes yeah. is not coming back. No. So we're a, we're a little slip, uh, sniffly this morning. Yeah, I don't know. Is it allergies? Are we getting sick? What's I don't know. It's getting to be springtime. Yeah. So we've been getting out a little bit more. Yeah, which is awesome. In nature. In nature. I know. So that's what we're talking about today, right? Yeah, I thought this would be a good one to talk about nature. So successful people, they they go and they get out in nature. Is that yeah. what we're... That, that, oh, that the, was the end of your that's sentence? That's the end um, of yeah, And so, thanks for joining. Yes, and that is correct. Um, well, yes, um, but for... Not the reasons you might think. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to talk specifically about those aha moments and kind of breaking up your thinking. Okay. So that that you can be more successful that way. Like epiphany moments. Epiphany moments. Okay. Yeah. So this is the Morning Struggle Podcast. I'm Husband Hansface. And I'm Jesse the Therapist. And thanks for joining us this morning. And we're going to talk about successful habits of people. And today we're talking about getting out into nature. Yep. How people connect with their environment around them. Right. All right. Let's just, let's get right into it. Let's do it. This day in history. So when you told me we were going to do nature. You were not. I was not super happy. Not super pumped. Was I like, the earth was um, developed 5.8 billion years ago and phytoplankton came on the earth whatever time. <laughs> that's that. That's not, people don't want to hear that. Everybody knows that. It's well, like, that's not what I was going like seventh for. seventh grade geology. Um, I liked seventh grade <laughs> geology. I but, thought it was amazing. So I, I found an article. This is from the Smithsonian. And it's ancient stories and geological events that may have inspired them. Oh. So we'll go through like seven of them. That sound, that sound sounds like a good, good. History, yeah. history story? Yeah. All right. So the first one, Noah's Ark. Okay. Remember the Russell Crowe movie? <laughs> so this is based off of that. I laughed really hard. Um, like, so oh everybody, everybody knows the story of Noah's Ark. Yeah, you yeah know, I hope so. Two, two by two, went on an ark, populated the planet after the Great Flood. Well, there was never a global flood. There's just not enough water on the earth to cover all of the land. Oh. Right? But the the earth does have lots of flood events. And they think this one may have dated back to 5000 BC when the Black Sea flooded. And it flooded uh. all like the fertile plains of the land around it, uh-huh. making them pretty much uninhabitable. Oh. So there are flood events. So they that's what these historians believe. Um, and then they used to, you used to find like a seashell or an animal... Uh, fossil in like a high mountaintop and you're uh-huh. like well it must have been flooded there's an animal up there right but actually they plate tectonics moves shifts the earth in different oh, various yeah. ways and that can take something that was below the sea level to way above where sea level ever was to to so the defense of noah we're gonna we're gonna we're to the defense you know if your area if your general region has flooded yeah, I mean, it doesn't need to be the full Earth. This is it can way before. Be this awful. is way before the you know, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, realizing that the Earth was round. 
Oh even my goodness, things, there's way more before even, Columbus. Even though it's way but... more before Columbus, but anyway. No, but but before the idea that I no, and I get it. There, and but... it's, it's, it's a good story. Yeah, it is so, a good story. All right, uh, the next one is is called Rama's Bridge. This is a Hindu epic. Oh, Ramayana. Uh huh. Um, his wife Sita was kidnapped and taken to a place called Lanka. Um, it's it's the like the under. Or the it was an island between India and it's actually Sri Lanka today. Oh. But he was taken there and Rama, with his help of his brother, sent an army of monkey like men to rescue his wife after they created a bridge for him. What? Yeah. So it's actually satellite images reveal that there's like a twenty nine kilometer limestone shoals or, or bridge okay. that spans between India and Sri Lanka. No way. Uh-huh. And about 4,500 years ago, this was probably, it's below the sea level right now. Sure. So about 4,500 years ago, it was probably above the sea and you could probably cross it up no. until about 4,500 years ago. Wow. So they think that. And then like a, a more natural recent event, there was the tsunami in the Indian Ocean, yes, right? In yeah. 2004. Um, but there is a, a legend, uh, Mahabela Puruma, what, Purum. I, I, I butchered that, but that's okay. But it's, there's seven uh, perga, pergodas. And there's only one standing today. What's a pagoda? A, I don't know, like a big statue thing, right? Pagoda, so. like a statue of a guy. Oh, okay, that's fair. Well, okay. now I've got to go find out what it is. I'm sorry, I'm just so, curious but, what it but is. It's like a temple in a temple. It's like a okay. temple thing. But anyway, the tsunami pushed a bunch of sea um, sand okay. away huh? and revealed several more submerged temples in the ocean. What? So we do no think way. that things get get lost into the sea as as time goes on. It's pretty crazy. I think that's would be a very cool job. Like, if you, that was your job to go investigate hunter? those things. No, I'm not. We're here hunting tsunamis. <laughs> um, they all fear me. No, I'm talking about like something like unearthing history. I think that would yeah. be cool. But yeah. yes, a tsunami come with, hunter would come also up with, be with cool. a show on the History Channel. Yep. All right, you ready? So the next one, the exploding lake, the calm people of Cameroon. They shared land with, with uh, people called the Bamesi. All right, and. There was this big feud between between the two. They were going to kill each other's young men or something like that. Whoa. But anyway, um, one of them cursed the the area okay. and said that his he would kill himself and his fluids would create a lake. And it lured. Um, so in, in this was pretty recent in 1986. It was Lake Nios. Oh my goodness! And it's it's volcanic. Okay. So it builds up carbon dioxide underneath the water. Uh-huh. And a bunch of uh, people. A, um, were sleeping around the lake in the villages, right? Okay. And this carbon dioxide had an event, or the volcano had an event, and released all this carbon dioxide all at once, killing 1,700 people. What? Yeah. So they think the old Whoa. the old legend is that the, the lake exploded or the lake shrunk in and killed all the people fishing it. And it's just a volcanic lake, lake that makes the atmosphere around it uninhabitable. Oh, but that's so. really interesting that there was a whole story created out of... They're yeah. like, yeah, this one guy killed himself, and yep. now this lake explodes. It, a lot, a few of these are like that. It's pretty crazy. Hmm. Uh, the next one, um, Namazu, the Earth Shaker. Ooh. In Japan, they believe that there's a giant catfish named Nazamu or Namazu okay. underneath Japan. All right. And the god Kashima, he places a big stone on the catfish's head so the catfish can't wiggle around. But every time okay. Kashima slips, uh-huh. the catfish wiggles and hmm. shakes the earth. That's where earthquakes come from. Japan's very smart. They realize that that's not actually what it but is. But that's a cool legend. Yep. And catfish are scary. I don't yep. know if you've ever. Yeah, you used to. I used to catfish, and, and I, you wouldn't I wouldn't kill, kill them. them or, or and then or you leave me I, with like a hatchet and eight fish, and these guys don't kill. Like they yeah. don't die. That's so, well, I do. They have giant I, like skulls, and they're just like I, legit. I do that because you're tough as nails. Is that so, what 
Um, but yeah, but so I didn't know this. In Japan, there's like a traditional myth that uh, these catfish are able to predict earthquakes just for that reason. No way. I got to uh-huh. get myself catfish now. I hate them, but now yeah. I'm going to get a tank. Now they have they have like sophisticated systems all supervised by catfish, but still they're supervised <laughs> uh, or their their systems. All right, you ready? So we got two more. Uh, the, the creation of Crater Lake up in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, yes. Um, the Klamath people up there when the Europeans showed up. There was mm-hmm. a traditional story from the natives there. Um, Lao, uh, the underworld god, yeah. and Skell, the above world god, uh-huh. had a battle. And um, Lao was on Mount Mazama throwing fiery stones at yeah. Skell on Mount Shasta. And this was actually ended up being a volcanic explosion about 7,700 years ago. Oh, okay. And the crazy thing about this, so it was, and they they said the traditional story is very accurate to probably what happened. Mm -hmm. And they said for, uh, they don't have any written language. So this came down orally from generation to generation for 7,000 years. No way. So these historians said this is very No telephone happening here. Everybody's really accurate. Yeah, because they they last about six or 700 years, an oral traditional story. Right. And then it just gets morphed into something super crazy. But this is very, very accurate. So anyway, and the last one, the Vanished Islands in the Solomon Islands in the uh, the South Pacific. Yeah. um, This is a scary one. Yeah. Tio Nimanu is the island and it disappeared. Yep. Just disappeared from existence. Yep. That's an Um, island that's gone. Rapunate was a a sorcerer and he took a a woman from the island as his wife, but a brother took her back. Okay. So he wanted revenge. So he did some spell with some Toro plants, and the and he made the island sink into the ocean, and everybody was swept off the island, and they fled in boats, rafts, or clinging to trees. So Whoa. the science of this is the, is the Lark Shoal. It sits on the eastern edge of the Solomon Islands, and it's part of the ridge that flanks a 5,000-meter deep Cape Johnson Trench. Okay. So they actually think that like an earthquake or a plate tectonic event mm-hmm. literally shakes the island off of that... Sh- that um, that that bench or whatever into the trench because they've found a few sunken islands mm-hmm. in these trenches oh, and wow. so they say islands have probably been sinking here for millions of years oh that's quite interesting but yeah. it just happened to to cruise around this time when this guy's wife was stolen yep it seems that like a lot of those stories are people stealing other people's wives is and that there's, a, there's a lot of wife stealing out, out yeah. back in the day i guess I, is yeah. that a I thing i don't know maybe it used to be I, we'll, we'll find less out. wives hopefully get stolen lately lately as yeah, of, i would hope so yeah in the last so, couple years so that, that's it so that's so get out into nature because these are all nature events that happened yeah they're and quite remarkable it was, it was our ancestors trying to explain craziness that happens in our environment right but you'll never know what craziness is out there if you don't get out there yep. you just sit in your house so. well and storytell i think all of that's these true, were huh? brought all the way down so like sitting around the campfire big social or hiking and just be like utility. so i heard that there was a big event and this island fell in the ocean or whatever yeah and that's pretty cool okay well there you go so now should we talk about the science of getting out in nature and what it does to your brain yes let's talk about science there we go All right, tell me about my physiology when I get out of nature. Are you ready to have your mind blown right now? It's oh, it's blown every time we're here. This is really quite interesting. Well, me, so, I, I bet you it's got something to do with cortisol. It's, <laughs> you you are like miss cortisol. This is not one what? that has to do with cortisol. All right, let's hear what it has yeah, to do. Yeah, because inflammation of the brain, guys, it's bad. Uh, 
Is, yeah. So is, are we inflaming our brains by not going outside? We're not. No, oh, I, okay. I didn't find any research on that. Oh, okay. What I did find, though, is that obviously, I mean, based on what everyone, the whole population thinks, that we increase our vitamin D when we get outside. Sure. I've heard that the sun gives you vitamin D. It, yeah, and but it's not the sun actually radiating vitamin D down like Care Bear style. Okay. It's that our body actually makes vitamin D when we get sun rays. Okay. So um, the thing with vitamin D, super important. Sure. You can't, you can't actually get all of your vitamin D out of one source. You have to have two to three sources. So uh, out of your food, getting outside, um, supplements... Um, those kind of things. You have to have about two out of those three to make it actually work. Um, but you get better sleep. Short-term memory is better. Low- oh, there is cortisol in here. Lower levels of cortisol. I forgot about this guy. Told you. No. And it reduces. I know it's always in there. Well, and, and less cortisol reduces cancer. So okay. um, the odds of cancer later on. Uh, your energy increases. This is why like in the summertime, maybe you're out longer outside. You tend to have more energy. You tend to get more done and and you seem less exhausted because I know right now, like we're just embarking on spring and I'm pretty tired. I don't know about you right. guys, but yeah. I so know. that vitamin D maybe give us that energy boost. That might be a thing. And then um, reducing anxiety and depression symptoms in general, even if you just get out, get, get out a little more vitamin D, lower your blood pressure, increase your focus. And then obviously your immune system also goes up as well. So summertime is truly the best time okay. for yeah. you. Um, What's in, what I thought was really interesting is by going in nature on a regular basis, you reduce nearsightedness. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, it makes sense because you're actually not focusing on something 10 inches in front of your face all yep. the time. It's not just a screen, black and white. You're looking far. Well, yeah. yeah and it's the complexity of nature as well. There's little yeah. pebbles. Leaves are, are very, um, what's the word with the, I want to say diverse, but that's not what it is. Complex. I, I don't know what we're going for, but um, I like all those words. I like it. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So there's a lot to it, and your eyes are a lot like your your uh, diet. You need to have variety in it. Okay. And it, and you know the musculature in your eyes is what focuses. You know, bends your right. lenses to focus different things. So yeah. if you're looking at a rock right in front of you, and then a tree ahead of you, and then a tiger up in the on the hill. Yeah, it's a like, tiger. Well, I mean, you got that's what you look for when you go hiking, right? I look for tigers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if, if you're looking for different things at different uh, depths, your eyes change. Where like a television. Your eye fixates on one yes. focal point and stays. Right. It'd be like holding your hands in the air and then not having to move them. And be like, nope, this is where... Yeah, you, it'd get it. rough. At some I point, do. you won't be able to move your arms. So yeah. that's kind of the idea here. Um, and I'm not saying that, that if you get in nature, it'll cure it. I didn't find any research in that because I'm like, boom, Shoot. I can cure my eyes. But yep. yeah, that's where we're at. Um, increased gamma waves. So gamma waves are the things that make us feel happy and daydream and imagination. From our brains. From our brains, gamma waves. Yeah. <laughs> Not like a gamma gun Not or like something. a gamma radiation <laughs> makes you a superhero. Got it. No, no, no. Yeah. That, that one. Yeah. From your brain. Um, and you actually have better attention issues the more gamma waves that you have. It's kind of that creative spark, that variety kind of a, a piece there. Oh. So um, what's interesting, so the aha moment, which you don't want to call the aha moment, I think is Oprah said it. It's just an epiphany. Can it's we just call it an epiphany? That's the actual word. <laughs> well, aha is like this big, like, it's the trendy thing now. Oh, is it a trendy call, thing? It's right? a trendy thing to call We're the aha call moment. It an epiphany. The epiphany, though. So, um, so Dec- Dextrel University and uh, Northwestern University. These guys do some amazing pieces in nature. 
Um, so what they did is they used an fMRI and an EEG. And what they found is that there's a burst of slower alpha band activity over the right uh, visual cortex, which is the area of the brain that controls sight. And they even found that you have like a second, like a full second of blindness right before you have an epiphany. Really? Yeah. So, and it's almost like there's like this scattering of alpha waves and the vision, your vision gets off for just literally a second. Yeah, because these guys are scientists and this is what they do. I believe it, Literally a second. Um, And it occurs immediately prior to the burst of gamma waves that you get. And then when you get this high gamma activity, that is, so there's a spike at one third of a second before you are consciously aware of your answer. Okay. Does that make sense? So you have that alpha burst, which kind of distorts vision a little bit. And then you have a, a... one third of a second of these gamma waves. And then you're like, Bing! like the light bulb comes on, you get your answer. It's amazing. So that's why you, you sit there looking dumbfounded with your like, jaw open. Whoa. And the little cartoon birdies spinning around your head. Like you just got hit with an anvil. A light bulb. I think of a light bulb. Oh, a light bulb. Bing! Like yeah. That. Where it's like all of a sudden those gamma waves like burst out and it's okay. pretty, pretty amazing. But that's all happening in your right hemisphere. And the, th- our creative hemisphere. Our creative, yeah. So, and, but, but the thing is, is if we're sitting in a nice sterile office all the time, um, we don't tend to have those bursts like that. Oh. So when you go into nature, for whatever reason, the complexity and the difference between um, environments assists in that, that gamma is, burst. Is it just, is it because we're innately tuned to being in nature or is it because of the, like you said, the complexity with the, the smells and the sights and, and the sounds, like all the, everything that goes on in nature. Like what, what's the reason that we can't, we don't usually get that epiphany in a inside sterile environment, but we do outside. Well, and I don't know. I mean, that'd be a great research study, but I think that has a lot to do too, where if you're sitting there and concentrating really hard on something, um, you don't tend to look at all of the options in like a force for the trees kind of a situation. Uh, that makes sense too. So okay. if you're sitting there in your office, like going over your same notes and going, okay, where, where is this thing that I'm trying to solve? But then you walk outside. Not only do you have bilateral stimulation by walking usually, oh. um, even if you're sitting on a bench, I guess, you, I mean, you're still taking in nature and it's very complex. Um, and like you said, there's sight, smells, feelings, the air, wind, that kind of thing. So it's, it's it kind of bombards our system. And so there's almost like this distraction piece, it seems like, allowing that alpha burst and then the gamma burst to give you that insight. Huh. I, I also notice I'm a lot calmer with nature. Like you, oh. I think most people are. I think that's why there's a thousand playlists for nature sounds right. out in the interwebs. Like the rain falling. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. So do, does it... Did you create a sense of calm as well? Was there, there anything in the research? Well, there's there yes and no. I think the depending on how safe you feel is one element of it. But yes, there's just the reduction of cortisol in general. And that would give um, that would reduce your anxiety, which yeah. okay. And that gamma waves are happy, daydreaming, and creative. So if you're already getting an increase of gamma waves while you're outside, that would definitely increase that sense of well being. Now, if you're scared of a cougar, because I've gone I've gone camping like when you took me um 
when you took me back country backpacking, like we knew each other three days. In Colwell Canyon. Yeah, that was You a, shouldn't have gone with me. That's how girls I, get murdered. I know. I was thinking about that. Yeah. And I'm like, I really trusted you at the gate. And we were like in a pretty I mean it's it's we barely like three miles in or something. Yeah, and there was with like other few other people we saw during the trip. It wasn't Minimal. like we went to, but yeah, it was So we I had a hard time sleeping alone. because I assumed that that's where the bears live. So you were afraid of afraid of bears and not but some not, strange guy you had just you were met very and we, it was not three days. No. It was like a week. No, it wasn't that long. I had to work. I, know, I remember because I was on the ambulance at that yeah. time. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. you were very handsome. That's probably why I trusted you. Yeah, I'm a, That's probably the problem. I'm a, like, I'm a handsome camper. You are a handsome camper. <laughs> that was a terrible trip. Oh my gosh, that was awful. Yeah, it was just awful. But, but it really okay. sealed the, the relationship because we're like, well, I guess we can hang out with each other when things are just awful. So Yeah, and I tell, my, I tell people this. Here's some relationship advice that yeah. I am not qualified to give. I love it. At give it all, out. Give it out. But... If your spouse mm-hmm. is ever mean to you or just you guys are bicker or fighting, just know that that person loves you enough and feels comfortable enough with you to show their ugly side of life oh. with, without, without like the repercussion. Because they, they probably wouldn't go do that to a friend or a neighbor. But That's if they true. do it to you, it means they feel comfortable enough to really just let out all the garbage they've got in their, in their brain, their body onto you. So you should feel privileged next time your your spouse just <laughs> rips into you for something that's unrelated to anything you did. There you go. Oh, I like that yeah. actually. And it's the bad times that you remember, not the not the good times. They're fleeting. That, oh no! No, it's actually that, they, I read a book on this, well, three, this last you, book on productivity. I read. Isn't it three times more likely to remember a? I I read some research. Yeah, they said a while victory, back. You, re, you remember victory for about three hours, and you can remember oh. defeat for your entire life. Oh no, kidding! Yeah. Why is that? Is it because you rerun it? I don't know. In That's your a, head? I, I can't remember what, what the research stated, the reason why. Because so. I do remember good times. Yeah, of course. General, I mean, like, times. and pictures. Yeah. So I look at pictures. I remember every time we go out and in nature. Just, I remember every time. Every single time? Every like, single time. Boom, I remember that rock. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like I'm like our daughter who has got a photographic memory. Oh, no kidding, though. Yeah. She really I, does. I don't know if it's photographic, but she remembers everything. Everything. Like, le- legitimately. Which is really everything. hard if you're trying to dupe her into doing something. Oh, yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't. Yeah. And it's really frustrating because you're yeah. like, oh, no, I, what I meant was, and she said, literally, what she, you said yeah. was boop, boop, yeah. boop, boop. When I was two years old, you told me this. Yeah. Like, How does she remember that? <laughs> so, all right, we got way off tangent. Yeah. Should we get into, oh, any more science? Nope, that's it. That's the science. Go of get nature. your epiphany moments. Okay, go get your epiphany moments. All right, your aha moments. Yeah. All right. Uh, coffee review. Coffee review. I drank pots and pots and pots and pots of strong black coffee, trying to keep my sleepy soul awake. But the sleepiness still comes along, and when it does, it's fast and strong. I end up with a bad case of the shakes. So today we're going to be talking about uh, how you take your coffee and your personality, your predicted personality based on research. So, so this is a single research article or multiple research? No, this is multiple. It's a, there's actually a full book. Okay. Um, if you go, why, or wait, hold, stand by. You are why you eat. Okay. It it's is, a book. It was it's on the Amazon. It's part of this, but there's multiple studies that go into this. Okay. And it just is so delightful to me. I love... Trying so, to predict so we're not people's... Gonna, we're not going to review a specific coffee. Sorry, I interrupted you. Ugh. We're not going to review a specific coffee. We're going to talk about how you ingest your coffee, says what kind of person you Depicts are. your personality. Okay. Or yep. what type of coffee you ingest. Um, what do you mean? Like what country it came from? No, no like how no, you... Like, how's it, like how's it an espresso served? or an iced coffee. 
or yeah. a big milkshake frappuccino. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's hear it. So, okay. So black coffee, the good. Black coffee drinkers are very patient and efficient. That's right. We are. Yeah. We have a traditional attitude and we like to keep things simple. So we tend to be very focused, direct, and driven, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, the bad, though, however, is um, we are resistant to change, um, even on a better path, which I know that, that that's me. I'm not resistant to change. I My, my path's just the best one, regardless <laughs> of how it's going. Oh, see, that's the part of the problem, okay. black right. coffee drinker. <laughs> um, so we tend to get stuck in routines. We can become moody if they are um, abruptly moved at any point. We we kind of we're the grinders. Yeah. Like we don't like yeah. And I would completely one hundred percent agree with that because I if there's a deviation on something, oof, yeah, it takes me a hot minute. I and we're to, both like, black coffee drinkers. We're both black coffee drinkers. Yeah, so we are an intense That's individual. A rough but, combo, especially together because like both of us have ideas of how things should go. And they don't line. Yeah. So we're very rigid and stubborn mm-hmm. and we are on the same page maybe once a year. <laughs> like it's, it's, we are on a constant battle, but I love you it's for it. It's a fun battle. And yeah. sometimes there are insightful moments and I feel like I'm growing with every incorrect routine that you try to bring to me because it's incorrect. Like morning I, routine, I morning routine in the with the kids. Uh-huh. We have totally different ideas of that. Right. And yours is wrong. Okay. That's fine. It, Mine is going to lead to highly productive and happy children. And I guess if that's wrong, call me wrong. All right. What's the next? What's the next coffee? Okay. So um, any added sugar or cream, so like a latte, the good is that you're willing to go out of your way to help others. You um, are comfort seekers and you try to make life relaxed, playful, and you roll really well with change, which is great. I can see that. Yeah. Um, the problem with these folks that have the added sugar and cream is they are people pleasers and they often forget to take care of themselves as well. So they'll focus on other people. They'll overextend themselves. And then at some point they'll shut down because they can't take it. Cool. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, frozen and blended. Those types of drinks. The old frappuccinos. The old frappuccinos. So, uh, the good is they are very socially outgoing. They are naturally bold trendsetters. Um, they are spontaneous. You know, what's funny, if I was to drink one of these now, I would be like, I'm not like socially outgoing or a trendsetter. I need to, sorry, barista, please take this back and give me the black coffee. coffee, This is it. But, um, and they're very unique thinkers, very imaginative. Uh, the bad is that they are childlike and immature. Ooh. Yeah. That's not, I mean, after watching Mary Poppins, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily, Mary Poppins is very mature. Yeah. But she can just play. Yeah. As well. Uh, I feel like she's okay. a black coffee right, drinker. If we're going to get down to it, Mary Poppins is a black coffee drinker. I she's agree. going to drink it. Yeah. Um, decaf, special or personalized? Like hef- heavily pe- personalized. Like I want a half calf latte with coconut milk, extra hot, no steam. Right. I don't know if that's a thing. I feel like that could be a thing, but yeah. but I have heard people like I've stood in line at a coffee shop and seen people like run down this list of things right. that they have memorized. It's really hard for me to. I might like just order a coffee. Just order black coffee. Yeah, just it's get, right there next to the register. Yeah, too. and then she just like yeah. pours it and gives it to you. But and that's life us is being more, stubborn and rigid in our patterns and efficient and, and, efficient. and, and efficient. Whereas they're like, oh, I need all these things, but it's you know, if you are a specialty personalized person, like what here you, you like. go. I hear you. Um, so they are natural leaders, but they like to take control. Um, and they tend to make healthy choices 
and are very self-aware. What? Yeah. So they they are very self. And you gotta think that's if you're the gonna, one I want to be. Oh, honey, you're a black coffee drinker. Oh, I don't want to be the grinder who just like puts his head down and plows the fields day after day. But I we're affected. I want to be the innovator. Yeah, you're, who we're not the innovators. World. Where's not black innovative. turtlenecks? Ooh, really? Yeah. You want to wear black turtlenecks? You feel like all that's... The, all the good inventors do. Mm. Steve Jobs, the girl from the HBO documentary, The Inventor. Okay. They all wear black turtlenecks. Yeah. Let's let's not wear I black keep, We're going to way tangent. Keep going. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> but the bad is that they tend to be obsessive and over-focus on different rules, um, and they are selfish and lack awareness of others. Okay, so not all good. Not all good. You don't want to beat that. All right. Um, Instant coffee, which you, I think, have never touched your lips. But I drank instant coffee there for a hot minute. I drank instant coffee before. It's just It's It's just really rough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So uh, they are the ultimate laid back, take life as it comes kind person. And uh, they don't focus on the details. They just go for it. So it's the dude who's been sleeping on your couch for the last two years. See, what I visualize is it's the hipster that's like cruising around in his van, exploring the world and in like rock climbing everywhere. Oh, okay. And these maybe that's just the way he takes either it. Way, it either could way, it could be actually the both. It could either be the way. same person. Okay. Uh, the problem is that they're big procrastinators. Uh, they don't plan ahead. They don't put that. They'll put things off, often in time, um, too late to remedy any of it. Like it's just not not ideal so okay. don't eat don't i think it's just a blanket term instant yeah. coffee's not the jam but um and then i threw tea in here because i thought this was hilarious uh-huh. um because we've started drinking more tea lately uh-huh. um so you're not the most exciting person in the group but you are a solid individual with no mood swings and a steady focus well we are not there yet <laughs> but we can maybe try to get there well, what would that mean if you com- combine? Because oftentimes it's black coffee or tea. So here's a question: What if you? What if you? I enjoy multiple versions of all those things. Look, here's our disclaimer: This was just fun. This is it's, a fun it's, personality. It's a fun kind personality of thing, yeah. test. You're not going to fit in a nice little mold with the kind of coffee you drink. No, you may really like frappuccinos, but you are not fun or playful at all. <laughs> so just take it for what it was, and say, and it's like a horoscope. You'd be like, oh my god, that's totally me. And it probably could have done that with every single one, regardless of what coffee you drank. Yeah. Because your personality is so complex. Yes. All right. But if you want to read more on this business, um, read the book, You Are Why You Eat. Okay. By Dr. Oof. Dr. Dr. Oof. No, Dr. D-U-R-V-A-S-U-L-A-R. Okay. I'm not going to try it. So anyway. You are what you eat. You are why you eat. You are why you eat. Okay. Yeah. All right. Should we get back into nature? Yeah. Let and me tell action plan this thing. Let me tell you what you got to do. Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy. So, like I said before, for vitamin D, you need to have at least two different sources of it. Um, and so, fish, wild caught salmon, mackerel, tuna, sardines, uh, beef liver, which is not actually a food, so cool. Um, you ate, you bought like six pounds of liver one time. I think so, so some in the freezer. It, it's delicious and it's really good for you because it's got tons of vitamin D in it. Yeah, that's, I'm very happy for you. Sorry if I'm trying to make us healthier. Oh, eggs <laughs> and liver oil, like cod liver oil as well. Mushrooms are big in vitamin D. So um, ideally you get one from your diet because okay. that way you can metabolize some of it. And then um, a little bit of sun and then maybe a supplement if you can't quite get up in okay. that, right? Okay, so um, add a new source of vitamin D into your diet is okay. what I'm asking. 
What's interesting is between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. Um, is the best time to get vitamin D, um, but you only really need to be out there for about 10 to 15 minutes. So you only need like 10 or 15 minutes of sunshine on your skin. On your skin. To get that vitamin D synthesis, yes. right? Yeah. So okay. past that, you need to have a 30 SPF sunscreen on. Oh, you don't want to get burned and then you get melanoma and it's a bad thing. Yeah. So okay. it seems like that's the sweet spot is 10 to 15 minutes of just letting yourself have sun. And then past that, you need to have sunscreen. Okay. Okay. And just a rule of thumb, if your shadow is longer than you are, okay, um, you can't make vitamin D from that sun. Whoa, really? Yeah, so it's it's the way that the sun gone, comes it's gone in. It's gone through too much of the atmosphere yep. and it's depleted whatever UV radiation too, too much. Yep. Okay. So and this is through Boston University. So they do a lot of re- good research. This seems to be solid. It's been re- recreated several different times. So okay. um, yep, shadows longer than your, you, you can't make vitamin D. Um, and then 30 minutes in nature a day increases your gamma wave production. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so go for a walk. You can even like, if let's say you're trying to solve a problem, you can go on a walk, a hike, even like, I know the parking lot's not ideal as like quote unquote nature, but like just trying to get more of it right? and pay attention. Like, let's say that you, even from the walk from your car to your office building or something has some birds and trees and stuff, really focus in on those and try to get your 30 minutes a day because that increases the gamma waves that you have. And most people have access to some kind of green space, whether it's a park in a city or you're in a rural area. Or a plant. Like they were talking about, they like in space, giving people, um, giving the astronauts wheat Uh and they could like talk to the wheat and they could feel the wheat and they can look at the wheat. And as long as they did that for 30 minutes a day, um, they did significantly better. Okay. So those gamma waves went so went up maybe you have a, like said, a tree in your parking lot or a tree in your building or or around your building or whatever it is get some plants for your office or something okay um so all in all um 30 30 minutes in nature um for your gamma waves 10 to 15 minutes of that being no spf or just letting the sun be on your is that a day that is uh, a day okay is my understanding and um but then sunscreen sunscreen up lather it on you um and then adding a new source uh, vitamin D, like a food item. Okay, so two things. So food, vitamin D. Yep. So find out what vitamin D food rich or vitamin D rich food you want to incorporate yep. into your diet. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be a healthy food anyway. We probably need to eat more fish for the omega-3s and yeah. everything else too. So add something even like that. some eggs, I mean. Okay. Some yeah. boiled eggs or something. So add that. And then number two, get out into nature 30 minutes a day, 15 minutes without sunscreen, then, then put on your sunscreen. Yes. But get out into nature at least 30 minutes a day right. to get those epiphany moments. Yep. So this, this one's easy. This habit is going to be super easy. Yeah, this is not bad at all. You can incorporate this fairly easy. Okay. All right. Well, then uh, let's go out there and uh, get ourselves back into nature and, and build a better you. Thanks, guys.